Welcome to the Proudly Imperfect podcast with your host, me, Courtney Wallbank, aka the Grow and Glow Coach, bringing you realness you can relate to, real conversations, real people, and I'm sure there'll be real fuck ups along the way. This is about accepting yourself for the hot, steamy mess you are and embracing your incredible imperfections. Subscribe if you love it, and I hope you like today's episode. Hello, my loves, and welcome, 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 welcome back to the Proudly Imperfect podcast. How are we all? I hope everyone's doing amazing. As always, so grateful that you're here. Let's do a little, I feel like I haven't done this in a while, but let's do a little, wherever you are right now, if you can, pause for a second, take a big deep breath in, out and I want you to look around you and I want you to notice let's practice the art of noticing right now I want you to try and using your senses whether it be smell touch uh see (laughs) or taste if you're eating right now I want you to really bring awareness to something that you can sense around you that brings you a little bit of joy, that makes you feel grateful, that gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling. Try really hard, even if you're in a job that you fucking hate. If that's my phone in the background, if you could have heard that, I'm going to put that on silent. Um... (laughs) Yeah, I want you to just look around and really try to bring your awareness to something. Even if you're not in the best of mood right now, notice that. Notice the emotion that you're feeling right now. And just bring awareness to something that's going to make you smile in the next couple of seconds. Do that right now. Have you found it? Good. Now just hang on to that fuzzy feeling, that that feeling of joy, that feeling of whatever emotion it is that's making you want to smile at whatever you're sensing, hearing, smelling, touching right now, okay? And just allow yourself to feel it, no matter if you're in a bit of a grumpy mood, if you've tuned in today because you want to be uplifted, we're going to do that by first kicking this podcast off with bringing your attention to something that's bringing you a little bit of joy. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get into it today. We are going to be talking about today inner child work. This is a practice that, to, to put quite simply, has changed my fucking life. It has changed my life. It has allowed me to create a sense of freedom for myself like no other. It's allowed me to really understand my behaviors, let go of some behaviors and show myself compassion as well. And also just kind of bring into light some things I might have kind of shoved in the dark and tried to ignore in the past kind of thing. So inner child work has definitely changed my life. And I'm going to kind of go into that as we move on throughout today's episode. So I wanted to actually kick things off. You know, I always like to start with my experiences and why I I'm never going to teach something that I haven't tried myself I'm never going to teach something that I don't 
know or believe in myself. I'm just going to take a quick drink. Should have done this before I hit record, but you know me. I'm never going to teach something. I'm never going to kind of... What's the word? I'm never going to not instigate, suggest, that's still not the word I'm looking for, but we'll roll with it. I'm never going to suggest you to do something if I haven't tried it myself and if I don't believe in it myself, if I don't know the power of it myself, right? In a child work, when I first started doing the work and wanting to grow and wanted to kind of change my behaviors, changed my life. And I remember the, 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 the moment that I realized the power that inner child work has and it was when I wrote a letter to my younger self at the points in in life where that that were quite traumatic and quite scary so you know with uh my my childhood was was chaotic <laughs> right and for me to write a letter to the younger version of me in those moments I remember just sitting there and the the tears just started to absolutely stream down my face. And after it, I'd felt emotion that I probably hadn't allowed myself to feel ever because I'd just been brushing things under the carpet and your mind likes to do this thing where it normalizes or warps or kind of makes you believe that what you went through was okay. But it, your mind only does that so you feel strong enough to carry on because without doing that, without actually acknowledging the shit that you went through, then you, as a child, you would find it quite hard to kind of continue with life. So what the mind does when you experience trauma and what I'm going to get into today as well is that child work is not all about trauma. However, it's about how you perceived situations when you were a certain age and when you're a certain age, your mind kind of latches onto that and creates your beliefs and your programming and the way you behave in the future, right? But in terms of my personal experience, there was a lot of trauma. And your mind likes to do this thing where all your life you'll brush it under the carpet and you'll think that's the norm. You'll warp, your mind will warp things to make it okay. And when I say warp, what I mean by that is you'll go through your whole life going, oh, it wasn't that bad. It was fine. It was okay. It, it happened like this, and you know, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't like this big traumatic thing. It was just that's what happens in most houses, right? And your mind will tell you yourself that in order for you to cope, in order for you to kind of get on with life. But when you get, kind of take a step back and you start doing this work, especially if you have been through traumatic experiences, and you start giving yourself the permission to feel the emotion that you've never allowed yourself to feel before, it is the most freeing thing you can ever do. Um, and that's what happened with me. That's why I am in love with inner child work. And even, you know, I've done a, a lot of inner child work in, in terms of going back to different experiences at different points in my life. We do something with clients and I've done it with myself called timeline therapy where we look into the root causes of certain programs and beliefs and we go back and we observe how our younger self kind of made meaning of situations and how those meanings have resulted in these certain 
patterns and thoughts and beliefs and how we can we can as adults look back and kind of shed some light and change the meaning we placed on things right so that's what we call timeline therapy and I've done I've done lots of that and we're going to get into the playful side of inner child work as well today so it's not all this like I don't even want to say depressing, depressing is the wrong world, heavy, it's not all this heavy work all the time, inner child work could be going and doing the things that once let you up, that you've suppressed as you've turned into an adult, so seeing swings and going, fuck this, I'm going to go play on the swings for a bit, that is inner child work, that is allowing your inner child to be playful and to imagine and to dream, and we, we, we what we do is we shove all them parts of us aside as we grow older, so I, I've, I've gone on a journey of implementing all these practices, but I'm going to be honest and say it was only at the beginning of this year when I started therapy that I really started to understand that whenever you feel fear, whenever you feel unworthy, whenever you feel self-doubt, whenever you have an outburst and you know you kind of have a little bit of a tantrum let's say um when you react to something when you react to your partner or your friend right I started to really realize when I started therapy how much of the world is perceived through the eyes of your inner child and how you feel in certain situations in terms of how safe you feel in regards to your inner child and how much you project onto situations and people in regards to what you experienced as a child, right? So that means that until, even though I've been doing this work for for a good couple years now, it wasn't till the beginning of this year and well not the beginning of this year I'd say like halfway through this year that I really allowed myself to fucking acknowledge the pain and the unsafety that I felt as a child and when you actually really really allow yourself to be like that was fucked without oh but they only um you know they only are doing with the best with what they know how and they've been through their own shit when you're talking about the people that's involved with your trauma and the situation without any of that like if you just allow yourself fully to really feel the notion of that was fucked someone should have been there for me I should as a vulnerable child I should have been protected in that moment. I should have been able to feel safe in that moment. And it's not about that. It took me a lot of time to get to that place because your initial reaction is to go, yeah, but they were only doing the best with what they knew how. And they were. However, you are so within your right to acknowledge the pain that you went through, no matter what it is. If you experience pain, then that is your pain and you are allowed to acknowledge that. And when you do acknowledge that, it's actually freeing because you're not trying to, you're not trying to hide or repress or 
ignore the emotion that you felt because that emotion is still in your body. If you have not allowed yourself to feel emotion, even if it was 25 years ago, if you've not allowed yourself to feel that, that emotion is still in the body. And that's why I believe when people are suffering, I don't want to say suffering from anxiety, when people are suffering from the lack of knowledge and understanding of anxiety, there's a root cause to that. And it's most of the time, it's not this surface area thing. So for me, it wasn't the fact that I hated the way I looked. Yes, I was anxious because of that on the surface, but I truly believe that it was all of this emotion that I had built up for so long and not allowed myself to feel. And inner child work is about going back, understanding the meanings that we placed on our experiences and how they're showing up in the present and how we can begin to listen to, acknowledge and kind of carefully and slowly begin to shift those meanings that our child version of ourselves placed on those meanings, right? So what is inner child work? That was a big waffly introduction. <laughs> but I'm going to get into, first of all, what is, what is inner child work? So when you are born into this world... You were someone before you were conditioned out the up by the outside world. Okay, so when you are first born, before you start learning and picking up on outside cues and learning from your outside experiences, when you are a clean slate, let's say, your inner child holds your truest essence. When you watch a child in all their innocence, they are curious. They can have fun with just literally playing with their feet, right? They don't, they have no fear. And this is what I mean, like all of their beliefs and their values and all of these things that that shape you as you get older, you don't have any of that when you're born. You are your truest, purest essence when you when you when you're born, right? And then as you grew, you felt the pressure to be someone else. You felt the pressure to follow society's norms, to reject playfulness and curiosity, and also bury experiences and memories deep in your mind that shaped you into exactly who you are today. So, I, like, there's a part, there's the subconscious part of your mind, every single thing that you have been through is in your mind. And you won't remember every single experience. You won't remember every single memory, okay? But it still shaped you into who you are today. Now, the most influential years of your subconscious programming, so the most influential years that dictate the way you're behaving right now in the present moment, occur between around, they say 7 to 11, right? So when we're doing this work, we want to have a look Sorry, between birth and seven or 11, should I say. So when we're doing this work, we want to have a look at the 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 key, the key ages we want to have a look at in terms of what you experienced and the meanings that you placed on those experiences between the moment you were born and between around seven and 11, right? So isn't that mad? That is mental to think that 
the things that you've been through as a child between the day you were born and the day you finished primary school, those experiences and the meanings you placed on them and the beliefs that come from those meanings are still dictating your present moment and the way you respond to the world right now. That's why working to consciously uncover these subconscious programs is life-changing because you're not running blindly on those programs. You're becoming conscious of them. And when we're conscious of something, we can change it, right? So this is this is what inner child work is. So your beliefs, your values, your identity, your personality, all of these things come from the subconscious programming that occurs between birth and between 7 and 11, right? So these programs are deeply, deeply embedded into your subconscious. And they literally dictate how you perceive the outside world, how you feel, how you think, how you behave in any given situation, right? So the relationship with yourself, the way you think, the way you feel, you behave can all be linked back to childhood experiences and the meaning that you placed on there. So the, the, the three core needs of a human being when they enter this world, right, is how you give and receive love, how you feel seen and heard, and how you feel safe and secure. So they're the core needs. And then to, to, to the degree of which you felt those things or to the degree in which you felt you received those things as a child will impact you in the present moment. So to what degree you felt loved, seen, heard, and safe. Not only that, but those those core needs of human being, to the degree in which you felt you received those, will absolutely impact your present moment. Now, again, this isn't all about having these huge traumatic experiences. When, when, sometimes when I mention inner child work and be honest with yourself, if this crossed your mind when you start listening to this episode, it's, well, I, I had, I had the perfect childhood. You know, my, my mom and dad were amazing. They were always there for me. I had no traumatic experiences. So do I really need to do inner child work? Yes, because you were a human being and you would have had experiences that you perceived in a certain way that is affecting you in the present. So you're, if you feel fear, if you have self-doubt, if you are experiencing anything that isn't serving you right now, inner child work will help that. Going back and figuring out what beliefs are driving these things, these behaviors that aren't serving you, and then going back and exploring the root causes of them and what experiences you may have made meaning of when you were younger will help this because you're going to the very root cause and that's powerful as fuck it's not everything I always say that the biggest difference between therapy and coaching both are amazing by the way is that therapy likes to go to the past and stay there (laughs) which for some people sounds horrific But if you know how to kind of, I believe that in therapy, if you know how to kind of manage your emotions and you understand this work, then can be fucking powerful as fuck. But I do believe that's why a lot of people don't gain much from therapy because it is a lot. You go to the past and you stay there. We're just talking about the past in therapy, right? And how it made you feel. 
Now, coaching is we dip our toe in the past, we explore it, but then it's like, right, okay, this happened. What can we do in the present to create something magical in the future? That's coaching. So inner child work allows us to explore the root cause because it's important. And then it's like, right, okay, how can we respond differently to this in the present? So where, I want you to ask, where do the beliefs of inadequacy, unworthiness, not being enough, loneliness, or not connected come from? Why is there so many of us that feel that way? So the first point of call to look is caregivers, your families, seeing how kind of dysfunctional they may have been and how we took that on, even though that was our norm. And again, you don't have to have gone through this big traumatic experience. Mum and dad might just used to argue a little bit. Mum and dad might have... I don't know, worked a lot. I've got an example of, of of my experience in a minute. They might have worked a lot, but it's you kind of, it's about how you felt about yourself during those moments as children. And this isn't going to be, you're not just going to be able to pick these memories out. This is why going deeper and tapping into the subconscious and journaling and visualization and meditations are really helpful because you're getting into those deeper parts of the mind that you can't access with your conscious mind and especially if they're quite painful your mind will actually block you from getting there with your conscious mind to protect you right so it's about how you felt about yourself during those experiences with your family when you were younger you picked them up from society so these beliefs and of inadequacy and unworthiness and things like that and not being enough from society school from the ages of we're in school from three to 11 so during that time frame of zero to 11 when the most influential years occur in terms of our programming we're in school for most of it Okay, so the the media, like this constant bombardment into what, like our young brains of how to look, how to talk, how to dress, what to eat, how to feel, all of this pressure from the outside world and all these shoulds that we experience from the ages of zero to seven of what we should be really begin to program how we feel about ourselves in the future because when we're programmed to believe that we should be like this but we look in the mirror and we're not that's when we start to kind of feel this inadequacy and not enoughness right so other places you picked up from culture religion all the belief systems that are kind of compiled to instruct you on how to be you and then when you grow older and you don't fit into that that's where these feelings come up okay so our brains are so fucking sensitive as children they're evolving at a rapid rate and making meaning of the external world around us so begin to transform the limiting beliefs that you have and the situations and behaviors that aren't serving you it's so powerful to connect with the child within that first believed them and the conditioning that took place 
from them in order to feel safe and loved, right? So connecting with the part of you that first believed these certain things from the experiences that they they had. So them first experiences when you placed a meaning that you should look like this and that the fact that this happens means this. Going back there to those points and connecting with your inner child, we can understand what those experiences meant to us, how they made us feel, how we adapted to them at that time and how they've affected our lives from that moment. Doing that brings awareness to the facts as well that the way you're behaving right now and the way that you're feeling right now isn't who you are. It's not your fault. It's just that the little version of you who wasn't equipped to make, you know, you as a child, you're not making the same kind of decisions on the world and meanings on the world as you are as an adult, right? You know a lot more as an adult. But you as a child didn't know any different. She just come up with a meaning that she came up with, which led to these kind of beliefs and feelings that that don't serve you in the present. So not only that, as I said before, your inner child is the part of you that is playful. She's creative. She's hopeful. So yes, it's all this deep stuff of making meaning of the world, um, not even trauma, but just like, a good example is my mom and dad used to work a lot. So these feelings of like people leave me or people don't want to be around me, right? Mom and dad are always working. They're always leaving me at Nana's. I placed a meaning of, well, they don't want to be around me then if they're always working. It's mad. And... That's not like a big traumatic thing. I loved my nana to pieces. But I figured out that when I was little, I used to get really, really upset about my mum leaving me. And then when she when she left, it was like, oh, bullshit. If I'm, if, I, if I'm here crying and feel unsafe and she's left anyway, that must mean that people don't care. Okay, so it doesn't have to be this big traumatic thing. It just could be something that isn't meant to have caused you harm, but you've perceived it in a way that's led to these beliefs. But also your inner child is a part of you that is playful, creative, hopeful, and all of those parts of you as a child, as you grow older, it's not, it's kind of not allowed. We're kind of told to like, stop daydreaming, stop stop being imaginative. Like we were brought down to the real world, like, that playful side to us and that imaginative side and the side that creates is forced to be put in a box and kind of like we feel like we need to shrink that part of ourselves. Like we can't be silly. Like we've got to be serious. It's all being an adult is serious, right? But to connect with that part of you that is playful and that is hopeful and that is imaginative and that daydreams and like that is very, very healing because you connect into those parts of you that you, you, you're that are still within you and that still want to be seen and still want to be heard. But you're, and it's freeing because you're not locking that part of you away anymore. 
but it is also the part of you that may carry trauma wounds or negative experiences and the thing is as well like our inner child is always communicating with us we just need to listen so she might come out and rule the show at times and this is like what's an example of this i'm just going to take a drink again guys So when your inner child comes out to rule the show, it's when you when you snap at someone and you're triggered by something, right? But it's only out of positive intention. It's only because part of you is fearful because she wants to feel safe, loved, and heard. So you you are the only person that is going to allow her to feel those feelings and show her that she is loved and she is seen and she is heard. Like hiding the pain and hiding these parts of you doesn't heal it. And all it does is resurface in adult life. So showing up as distressing personal relationships, difficulty meeting your own needs, like working to heal your inner child can help you address some of these issues that so many people struggle with. Like it can help you understand past trauma experiences that affect your present behavior, develop healthy co- healthy coping mechanisms, um, reconnecting to past passions, dreams, talents that you might put aside because you feel like, you know, we've got to be all serious as we grow into adults. Feeling empowered and in control of your life and like improved emotional regulation as well because in those moments where you want to fucking snap and go ape shit, that is your childlike version coming out. That is your childlike version running the show. So when you're able to notice that that's what's going on here, when you're when you're able to notice that, you know you're you're only you're feeling fearful, and that's why your your inner girly is coming out. In those moments, you can pause, regulate your nervous system and then come back to core, come back to you in this moment and then give your inner child what she needs. What does she need to hear from you? What does she need to feel? How are you going to feel safe in this moment? Okay, so a couple of examples of how inner, like your inner child can, can, can be showing up in the present is, for instance, what I just said about my mom working all the time you know these feelings and that can come up when people cancel plans with me when you know not so much anymore but definitely this is the some of the things that I figured out throughout this journey people canceling plans on me um certain things that Aaron would say in the past and we've got so much better at communicating this with each other but like Certain things that that Aaron would say in the past would trigger me because of my, this fear that people don't want to be around me. Perfectionism is a huge one and such a common one. Like if as a child you felt like you had these huge expectations, huge expectations put on you by your caregivers and it was just impossible to kind of live up to you will always be setting those expectations on yourself, which results in fear of failure. So, and that can result in, you know, keeping yourself stuck, not trying at all, because the the idea of failing is just too much. 
because you've got this deep fear of failure, right? Scarcity. So that's like, I got a, it's mad. So I was speaking to my therapist a couple of months ago and we was talking about like the feelings of never having, having enough in terms of money or in terms of like just anything. Like this, the, these feelings of I'm not, or I haven't got enough, I'm not enough. And <laughs> it was funny because we were, I, I'm so aware of where this comes from. Um, and it's gotten so much better because I can understand when my, when it's my inner child coming out, right? So she explained how her and her partner both have this program running, running of scarcity. However, they both had very different childhoods. She actually was within a sense of danger and had reason to feel unsafe as a child because they was, when she was a little, they didn't know how they was going to put food on the table. She what she did live in shelters. She didn't have a roof over their heads. So they didn't, they actually didn't have enough. Okay. They did, they did feel like resources were running out. And that's what scarcity program is. It's like the fear that resources are going to run out, that you're not going to, you're not going to have enough to survive. Right. And, but with a partner, he was always going, on holidays he had a holiday every year he never kind of had trouble with where he lived and he always had a roof over his head and I was thinking like actually I got a bit spoiled in terms of what I what I got from my parents in terms of like material things I never went short at Christmas or birthdays I, we always had a roof over our heads. We actually went on holidays. There was always food on the table. Like all of the the things that we need to survive, we had and more. However, I still was in the past was operating on this program of scarcity. And the difference is the narrative of the experiences that I grew up around. So there was always this undertone that we didn't have enough around money. We didn't have enough to do X, Y, Z. There was always kind of this money, money is awful, money is shit. We need to be careful narrative, right? And me learning that even though when I take a step back and we were safe, the narrative that my parents had around these things made me feel unsafe. Okay, so it's, again, it's not this big trauma. It's not, that's not actual trauma. Like compared to my therapist who was in homes and had the bailiffs at the door and didn't have enough food on the table. I didn't have that. However, we're both running the same program. It was just my narrative that I was brought up around. So again, becoming aware of that, and going back and doing the inner child work around that has really fucking helped. Now, those are examples of things that like aren't like this big, huge, deep traumas, but still had a huge effect on my life. And it's the same with you. Like you cannot turn around and say, I had the most perfect childhood. I don't need to do inner child work. 
because you're a human being and you still had experiences. And that's the beauty of this work, okay? It it can be difficult for those who have experienced trauma and please um, don't force yourself into anything that you're not ready to force yourself into. 100% not. Like, especially if you've been through trauma, tra- trauma, trauma, I would definitely recommend doing this in a safe space because it's going to allow yourself to feel the emotions without fearing them because it inner child work does bring up a lot of emotion right you're going into past experiences you're you're exploring root causes so it is emotional you're leaning into emotions that you've probably pushed aside for a long long time right so no it's not easy at times but it's so fucking powerful because you are healing parts of you that that did you're you're going back and you're reparenting the younger version of you that didn't get what she needed or didn't get what she felt she needed back then and that's like i think that's so powerful because that stops you as well it makes you realize that you don't have to look outside of you for that safety love or to feel seen and heard yeah like yes connection is important and feeling those things within your connections is important but you know that when these beliefs and these behaviors and these situations arise that aren't serving you you know that you are the person to look inwards understand that this is a part of you that is scared due to what's happened in the past and you have absolutely everything within your power to give yourself to reparent yourself so that she feels loved, safe, seen and heard in the moments that are bringing up this fear in the present. And it just is really freeing to know that you don't have to look for that outside of yourself. You have everything within your power to give yourself that. So when you're feeling scared, when you're feeling fearful, when you're not feeling confident, when you're feeling anxious, all of these things are coming up because your inner child is is hurting and needs to be seen in that moment. So how do we do it? You understand what it is. You understand the importance of it. But how do we actually begin to do it? Acknowledge her. For a start, this is going to sound really like stupid, straightforward, but acknowledge her. And if it's new to you, this concept might might be a little weird and like kind of out there, but acknowledging, acknowledging the fact that you have a younger version of you within who wants to be heard. <laughs> if you would have told me three years ago that I was talking about this stuff and that it was like a little version of me inside who just wants to be heard, I'd be like, fuck off. That is the biggest woo-woo hippiest shit I've ever heard in my life. I would. But now I understand the power of listening to those parts of you that you've tried to shove away for so long. But So I get it. If you're new to this, seems a bit mad. But this step is so needed because when you acknowledge that she actually exists, right, that process of acknowledging your inner child mostly just involves recognizing and accepting that things caused you pain in childhood 
whether you had the perfect childhood or not, you still would have experienced things that caused you pain. And then bringing those hurts and bringing those experiences and meanings that you placed on experiences out of the light, out of the dark into the light, can help you to begin to understand their impact on the present, right? So acknowledge her. Literally just say, like, I un say out loud, I know you're there. I'm ready to, like, we're in this together. I'm ready to heal. Even saying that, looking at self yourself in the mirror, in the eye and saying that is profound AF. There's a quote that I'm trying to Google as I'm on this fucking podcast. To truly embrace the light, you must first honor your darkness. Ah! To truly embrace your light, you must first acknowledge your darkness. That just hits hard because for so long, like I say, and I don't know about anybody else, but for so long it was, or, you know, it's fine. Shit happens. All houses have secrets. All families have their shit. But if you don't, if you don't truly allow yourself that permission to embrace the dark parts of you, and when you start looking into your behaviors and how you respond, and it's always going to lead back to something in your past experiences. If you don't embrace that, that darkness that you're try trying to shove everything in the shadows, if you don't shine a light on them shadows, then you're, you're not ever going to be able to fully step into your light because you're always going to be hiding from yourself. And this is what why, why inner child work is so beautiful because it's bringing those dark parts out into the light so you can begin to understand yourself on a deeper level. So acknowledge it first. Then what you want to do is listen to it, but don't try to fix anything. Don't try to change it. Don't try to force, yeah, but you should act like this. Yeah, but you should respond like this. Yeah, but that that event didn't mean that. It meant this. So why don't we just change it, what, what we believe? None of that. Like when you're first connecting with your inner child, you have to just simply notice, simply understand, simply feel understand how she feels and when you start to understand what they're going through and what's bringing up these struggles for him for them what's experiences in the present are reminding them of the past how they're perceiving them what what how they feel about these experiences so when you feel fear over a certain thing when you feel self-doubt when you lash out when you you know all of these things don't try and change anything just understand okay what's going on in their world what's going on in the younger version of your world that is reminded like where the present is reminding them of something in the in the past what struggles is it bringing up for them what's it reminding them of when you understand their world and why they're responding to the world in this way you're going to be able to show compassion for them because you're going to be able to understand why and how they're struggling so seeing them, hearing them and simply holding the space for them is such a powerful way to build connection. So the intention early on isn't to fix or solve anything. And you can do this by, you know, if you if you respond to a certain situation or you're experiencing something in the present, right as your inner child, 
how is that making you feel what what does how can you start to connect the dots here then you want to explore where she is running the show and what it means so what are your biggest challenges in the moment at the moment and how are they making you feel so when you when you start to uncover the meaning behind these challenges and feelings it'll allow you to to really discover what positive intention they have even though the things that you're struggling with right at the moment aren't showing up as useful behaviors they're showing up as behaviors that aren't serving you whatever it is there'll still be a positive intention for example to keep you safe so for example the scarcity mindset is always searching for more right always feels like she hasn't got enough resources she has to she don't feel safe because she needs more so that's trying to keep me safe because it's trying to allow me scarcity is isn't actually a bad thing because it's always going to keep you driven to progress and to want more for yourself and this is what I mean by perfectionism. What's that doing? What's this fear of failure? What's this, what keeping you stuck? What is it? What's its positive intention? Well, it wants you to succeed. It wants you to, it doesn't want you to fail because it want, wants you to, again, feel loved. Whether, you know, the achievements, this perfectionism coming from, you only received love when you achieve things when you were little, right? This is just examples. But then the positive intention of that program then is it just wants you to feel loved. And that's why it doesn't want to fail because failure equals lack of love. Maybe that's the meaning you've placed on failure. If I fail, I won't be loved. So the positive intention of the perfectionism then is that it wants you to feel loved. So this inner the, the inner child within you, even though it might not be creating useful behaviors right now, still wants the best for you, still has a positive intention. So explore where that's coming up and what it means. So why are these, what positive intention do your behaviors have for you? Even if these behaviors are challenges at the moment. Then you want to get curious about where she may have learned this behavior. So dig deep. It's not always going to be this big, devastating, traumatic experience. It's just about how you may have perceived certain experiences as a child. Okay, so explore. See where the feelings that are coming up now in this, this certain situation that you're struggling with. Ask yourself why seven times. Why are you struggling in this situation? Because it's making me feel X, Y, Z. Why does it make you feel X, Y, Z? Well, because if I do this, then me feeling like this means this. Okay, why does it mean this? Go ask why seven times and go deeper and deeper and deeper. These answers are not going to come to you straight away because you are going and asking questions that are very deep within your subconscious mind. And it is going to take time for you to come up with these answers. But the answers are there. So dig and explore what the root cause of this behavior 
is and where it might have stemmed from. Where did you learn that failure equals a lack of love? And this is not, it doesn't mean that this is truth. It just means that you've perceived it in that way and made meaning of it. So where did you make meaning of these situations? And then when you've allowed yourself, your inner child, the space to feel, you've understood why she feels that way. You've understood where she's placed a meaning on it and why she's placed a meaning on it and from which experience she's played this place's meaning on it, then you are able to offer new perspectives as your highest self or your favorite self, let's say. What lessons or advice can you give your inner child after you've held that space for her to, to feel seen, heard, and loved? What does she need to know in the moments where the beliefs and programming began? So this is huge. In those moments, if you've got a memory of your mum shouting at you because you didn't get an A in your fucking year two sats. <laughs> you know? If you have a memory of being stood at the top of the street upset because your mum and dad are driving off to work and you don't want them to go, what does she need to know in those moments? where she's placed meaning and the beliefs and programming began. What's doing this will allow you to do, right? It'll allow you to approach situations in ways that actually serve you rather than lashing out in a childlike way because you are changing the meanings that you placed on situations when you were younger. But just going straight in and going, you, no, it didn't mean this, it mean that. Your mum and dad do love you. They just have to go to work. You logically saying that, isn't creating a space for your inner child to feel what she felt. What she felt was valid. So when you go back and actually give her the space to feel that, and you can do this in a number of ways, journaling, you can write in your non-strongest hand. So for instance, if you're right-handed and you and you can't write for shit in your left, in, those, in that moment where I was stood at the top of the street in tears because my mum was going to work and I didn't want her to leave me, I would write in my left hand exactly how I felt in that moment and the meaning that I was placing on it. Can you understand how powerful this is? Because you're allowing parts of you to come up that you've never accessed before and that you've never given yourself the space to feel anymore because your logic mind is just going, oh, don't be silly. It, it didn't mean that, it meant this. But you, you as a child did feel that in that moment. That emotion that, came into the body that emotion that was produced is in the body at that moment and still now because you haven't released it probably so right in your left hand exactly how you felt in that moment as a child step into the shoes of the child version of you right in the first person in the present you know I feel like this I feel like she goes to work and I don't want her to go and she knows I don't want her to go and she still goes, so that must mean she don't want to be around me, right? And then after you've kind of allowed that right in your right hand, I understand that you feel this way and it's so valid. I can see why this would have made you feel this. And then offer the new perspective. As the adult we are today, we know that she was just trying to exercise it, whatever you want to say, right? And then in those moments where 
those similar things are coming up. So for instance, when someone cancels plans or, you know, whatever it might be, and I feel that feeling of, oh, fuck off then. <laughs> or, oh, they don't like me. I know that that's not the truth. And I understand what's going on. And I can move through it. And I don't have the same emotional response as I would in the past about those things. Because I've done this work. Can you see how fucking powerful this can be? Okay. So journaling meditations, timeline therapy, all of these things are going to allow you to getting out and writing a list of all the things that you used to love as a child and just doing playful, mad shit, like seeing some swings and going to play, not, not thinking twice, going to play in them. You know, like just really getting creative, anything creative, drawing, painting, you know, all of these things that allow you to be more playful is also inner child work. So yes, the journaling, the meditation and timeline therapy, all of that, but also just having fun, having more fun, being more playful and creative. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. There was a lot of information, but I promise you that when you embark on this inner child work journey, it's it's life-changing. It truly, truly is. It's so fucking life-changing. Um, and yeah, I I hope it's kind of inspired you to go off and do this work because it is truly magical. If you are interested in doing work like this, we do have capacity on the one-on-one -on -one mentorship available. And I am so excited to be welcoming, welcoming some new women into the mentorship program for the last couple months of 2023 and also maybe going into 2024 depending on the length of the container that you choose so if you are interested get yourself over to the grow glow <laughs> wow <laughs> the grow glow.co on instagram and we also have the new membership the sober hunt society you get a monthly group call a monthly group session with it's either going to be workshops, Q&A, hot seat coaching, live masterclasses. So you get a live call every single month. You get access to a full library of courses, meditations, journal prompts with a with a drop every two weeks. So you'll never you'll never not have something to work on. It's fucking insane. Then you've got a group voxer which is you will have the support, the encouragement, the inspiration from every single woman in this membership on a daily basis. And on a Tuesday is Bottomless Tuesday where I drop in and you'll get some Voxer coaching as well and support and integration from the courses. And then everyone in Sydney at the minute, in-person sober socials. So some will be completely free, picnics, sunsets, sunrises, um, walks and then some will have a little bit of a a kind of a fee so that's like your dinners boat parties we're going to do camping trips so and that's only $66 a month no lock-in and I know that this is going to grow into something absolutely beautiful I've created it because I 
heard such a constant narrative of people done with wasting their time and energy on just going out every single weekend, blowing all their money on going out and just not really feeling feeling connected. So this is a, this is a hybrid space for learning. It's self-study, it's group calls, and it's in person. So get on it. Honestly, if you are wanting to smash the last three months of this year, you've got two choices. You've got close proximity with one-on-one or you've got the the kind of entry level at the $66 with, with the Sober Hunt Society. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you all so, so much. And I will catch you next time. Thank you.